Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime, currently featuring Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, Miraculous Ladybug, Star Wars Rebels, and Ruby. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Delaney Stovall. Yo. Today, Delaney and I will be discussing the eighth, I don't know, episode of the third. I think it's eighth. I think it's eighth. Third volume of Ruby, uh, entitled Destiny. We cover Ruby every week here on the Overly Animated Podcast. You can check us out at overlyanimated.com. And uh, spoilers for this episode and all of, you know, all of Ruby, all of Volume 3 Ruby. Let's get right into Destiny. Um, highly, very interesting episode last week. I loved it. You were also somewhat high on it. Um, lots, lots of discussion came out of it. What do you think of this very quiet follow up? Meh. Meh? Meh. Meh? I wasn't, yeah, I don't. I just wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't that enthralled with the episode this week. Um, I mean, towards the end, I was a little bit more interested, but, uh, like, uh, just, I don't care about Team Juniper, like, at all, except for Pyrrha, and I just, I don't know, and that's not necessarily the show's fault, but, like, I don't care, and though Pyrrha's interactions are very interesting day today and but i'm just however you say his name i hate him and john uh, yeah john yeah yeah i hate him and <laughs> just i don't know just wasn't that interested i mean i was glad to see more like yang and it was we got we um we had a very quick kind of okay team ruby we are resolute with yang so that was pretty nice Crow was interesting. I don't think we expected that at any of that to happen. Blake but talked for like a hot second there. Praise my child. There was a there was a sighting and she spoke. Yeah. And I think and it's a good lead in for what we're going to get from what's his face. I'm really bad with names today. Um, what's his face? What's his face? Um, I don't. What's his? I don't name? know. Who I, don't, I don't know. Who you're talking Adam, about Adam. Adam yeah. So that was a good lead in for obviously what's going to happen, but. I mean, just I don't know. Even the even the last part, which is what I liked because it's like Ruby, but a lot of that didn't even like make a lot of sense either. I don't know. Like this episode was just I felt like it was all over the place and also like it was all over the place and for things I didn't care about. So I was just mm. I didn't care about this episode very much. Yeah. I mean, okay, so last week I thought it was the best episode of the series coming off of the worst episode of the series. And now we get Destiny, which I think is like good it's like yeah I, i'm mostly with you i mean it's i liked it but it's not like great or anything um i'm very very happy that we just didn't have a fight this episode <laughs> that's the biggest <laughs> thing no pointless fights uh this was a very character driven quiet piece about um like the just emotional states of a lot of our characters leading into theoretically the events the four parts or uh, it's not like going to be in a four-part finale or anything but things are going to be happening later um yeah, I mean, I didn't think any of that. This is like a series of vignettes about with like two characters talking to each other, basically. And I didn't think any yeah. of them were very strong, but like some of the, I think all of them were at least like coherent. Uh, and, you know, some of them presented kind of complex emotional dynamics. It was, I thought it was good. Um, but yeah, nothing special. I agree. Let's like it's not for me. It's not like the structure or anything. Of the episode I just didn't care about anything that was going on. 
I mean, obviously you're not an Arcos shipper, so like the Arcos Legion is yeah. getting very mad at you now. This was a big shipping episode, though. We had, like, a lot of dynamics that we don't usually see. We had some freezer burn. We had some monochrome in there. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. The monochrome. I got excited about the monochrome. Yeah, but no no ladybug. (laughs) That's the Uh, the one thing you ship. Yeah, no no ladybug. The one thing I ship. (laughs) There's no hope for We've covered everything. There's some bumblebee, too, you could argue. But no, definitely no ladybug in there. Okay, let's get into uh, specifics on uh, Destiny here. Um, so our first kind of scene is, uh, Team Ruby talking with Ironwood, and it's kind of boring, and Ironwood's like, yeah, I guess, um, I'm not super mad at you, but you guys are disqualified. And... But I'm gonna yell at you. But I'm gonna yell at you anyway, because you're pissing me off, and I'm the mean guy. Um, so, we were like, oh, is Yang going to jail? No, she's just <laughs> disqualified from the tournament. What do we that think of this? That was so anticlimactic, yeah. you're disqualified, like, I was just like, really... And, like, no one seems to be that mad at her. We just keep referencing that the general populace is mad at her, but... I just, I don't, like, I feel like this doesn't, like, deliver the way they want it to deliver because, like, they we have a tournament. And, like, if the entire show was a tournament, it would be okay. Like, no, I don't mean okay. Like, from this perspective, it would be a little bit more earth-shattering or, like, it would we would care. But... We and you don't care about the tournament. I don't care at all that Ru- Team Ruby is disqualified. I couldn't care less about, the, like, about what, this. Like, what's it even? I don't know. Like, I feel like if they like, I'm granted they might not. They might not care. They would just. This just has to be something to get the plot going. But I, I don't know. Like, it just. Uh, I mean, I don't like the tournament is just there, and we don't care about it. But they could have made us care about it. I guess. I mean, they kind of try. They showed enough. <laughs> uh, well, well, there's a difference between like showing it and like I don't know like. There was never a sense of urgency with the tournament. Granted, there hasn't been any sense of urgency with this entire season, but I don't know. Like, there's just... Like, the tournament happened. It's not like... Like, you read... You read Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire and you care about the Triwizard Tournament. Like, because J.K. Rowling makes you care about it. But then, like, you read... But then you watch this and it's like, I don't care about this tournament. Like, the characters don't even really care. Like, what? <laughs> It's just so, it's also forced. That's the thing, that none of them seems too super concerned with whether they win. None of the teams we see. Like, which is fine, like, that's great, but I don't know, like, I don't, it's really annoying to have, like, this device for so long, and it's like, no one cares. I don't think this is really a problem with this episode, like, whatever, it was in the beginning of the episode, there don't need well, to no, be. Well, no, I was just, well, I was just talking about, like, the disqualified part, like, we're finally at that point, and it's like, why, like, none of this mattered. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, uh, how the disqualified function is in the this episode i think is fine but i think this is a big problem with regards to the last two which showed us uh just this huge dramatic moment and like turns out you know like no consequences and it doesn't matter it's like who cares yeah like it doesn't matter it just like and the thing is like they talk about it in such a it's such an outside of team ruby thing which that's good like i'm glad it is i'm glad they made up and everything's fine but that it's not even that urgent like ruby only talks to Velvet and like Velvet's like yeah it's cool love Yang Yang's awesome as shit and everyone's like is Yang okay and that's great but like I don't know like it completely takes away from that shock thing like like it's like no one cares yeah I think it was mishandled it's really weird mm-hmm. um that being said I presents us with somewhat interesting dynamics in Team Ruby uh, in this next scene with um how they react to what Yang does and I think one of the one or two of these are obviously Ruby's going to support Yang, right? So, but I, I think 
Weiss and Blake's reactions are kind of interesting and not what I would yeah, have no, expected. Weiss, well, Weiss's reaction surprised me the most. Yeah, Weiss is like, uh, yeah, I, I, you're hot-headed but not ruthless. And she's just like completely supporting her 100%. And Weiss is about to like punch Blake. Like, <laughs> dude, Weiss is going to deck her. Dude, the freezer burn is real with Weiss and, uh, with Weiss and Yang here. Agree. Are you on board? I mean, I'm basically on board with any of the ships as long as Yang and Ruby are not involved in the same ship. So, like, any potential girl-girl pairing in Team Ruby, except for the sisters, is going to be fine here. But but they're unwilling to do any of them, so, you know. Uh, Bug's just the OTP. I heavily disagree on that one, but that's okay. Um, so Weiss, so what's Weiss, Rice's reaction here is is interesting. Do we think Weiss has had the most development this this season? We've claimed in the past this this season that Weiss now is the most developed character on the show. Do we think that this reaction makes sense with our current state? Like, I think if you watched every, if you watched like the entire show, and then got to this point, you'd be like, uh, but all of their development has a lot of it has been off screen so i think this is like i don't like their relation it's really weird how they're they, like we came to the beginning of the season and like they're all biffles and it's like okay so like it's i think it's believable just from like everything else we've gotten yeah so like, I've like got, it's... I have a suspension of disbelief basically for all of their relationships because like we've we've come in at a point where like they've known each other longer than we've known them and like it's <laughs> There was a lot of, it's really weird, like, there was a lot of, like, granted, a lot of it had to do with, like, just moving past stuff, and, like, so we could, like, get on with things happening, but, because we got to the beginning of the season, and, like, why should we be your best friends? Okay. And just things like that. Like, that was developed. Don't worry, that happened on screen. Mm, and in my head. Both of them. In your head, mostly. In no, your head also on screen. Which, it, for me, it's not, like. None of their relationships for me are developed enough, like for me to want to see them on screen. Like I haven't seen enough of it on screen, but I have like I'm over it. <laughs> so you're approaching this from the uh, Weiss and Yang level. So like I think that there's I think that it's this is really a uh, natural progression in terms of Weiss's character, regardless of her interactions with Yang, because over the course I think over the course of the season and last season too, we've been seeing Weiss getting more and also at the end of season one Weiss more trusting more open with her emotions um and I think it just makes a lot of sense that you would implicitly trust your team member at this point and it's just kind of a shows us the end game of this uh, progression that Weiss has been on so from that angle I really like it um from the Weiss and Yang angle I think that you're right most of it it's like red randomly these two these two are like have this relationship we saw earlier this season and they're fighting uh together and apparently they work well together but you know whatever i i'll, I'll buy it right we've just we've that's like i'm just past the point like it doesn't matter at this point it just it's fine that's how all that's how they've become a team and it's fine like i don't care I'm i don't really... think it's like atrocious character building i think it's fine no. for a lot of it to have happened it just there. when we it's just if you decide to go too much deeper and like analyze it like there's it's kind of not there but like yeah. it's fine for me to watch it and to buy into it right now yeah so I, i'm I, i'm fine i like thinking about this from weiss's character angle but you're right from a dynamics perspective it's it's a little uh so but play let's talk about blake's reaction though blake says um uh basically i want to believe you but you know adam happens so so i guess uh i'm skeptical she's like i had someone very dear to me change it wasn't in an instant it was gradual um 
I want to trust you, I will trust you, but you have to look me in the eye and blah, 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 blah. What do you think of this reaction from Blake? As the Blake, uh, as the Blake master here, what do you think of this reaction from Blake? I mean, it's, I think from a character standpoint, it does make a lot of sense. Um, I would have appreciated a little bit more of, I don't know, because we are coming off of, well, I mean, it was a while ago, but coming off of Blake, um, like Blake's betrayal of, from the, not, air quotes, it's not, wasn't really betrayal, but like they had to hunt down Blake and like figure everything out. And, you know, you know, had to trust Blake again. And then now we're having this. And I don't know. I would have appreciated a little bit more. Like, I think it's believable. And I don't, I think Blake's, um, what Blake says makes sense for her character. For And it's also, it is a tad force. But it's it's because, because we haven't talked about Adam. And, like, we have to bring Adam. Like, Adam's coming. So, like, we have, we have to do this. So, like, it makes sense from, like, a plot perspective. And it's it's believable for Blake's character. Like, it makes sense. It just, it just, it just, it's a little odd, but I think it's fine for the most part. Yeah, I agree. I think the, if there's a problem with this, it's that Adam is not uh, the forefront of our minds. I mean, we saw him last episode, but like Adam's dynamic with Blake is not something that the show has uh, looked at in depth. So I think it's a little bit like, oh, now we're bringing this facet of Blake's character back. I mean, it was a little bit, they tried to naturally bring it back with the flashbacks, but um, it's a little bit jarring, I think. I'm just, I'm really afraid that and I'm pretty sure, I'm almost positive this is what's going to happen. I don't want it to be, but I'm really afraid that like Blake has been absent the majority of the season. Like there has been no Blake, and it's not even like Blake's on screen not talking. Blake hasn't been around, and which is frustrating for me on like a very deep level. But for I'm really afraid that they're going to boil Blake's character down to this season to just just to just her relationship with Adam, and it's going to be super irritating. Yeah, they're absolutely going to do that. And I'm like, really, uh, just, I mean, we need to bring Adam in for the last four episodes. So that's what's going to happen. It just, I just feel like every time we do any sort of development with any characters on this show, like it's at, it's because, and we have to like sacrifice someone else to do it. Like we have to sacrifice all the characters around that character for like, yeah, life the, sh- development the show is not good at keeping track of all its characters for sure. Uh, were you feeling the bumblebee here in this scene? I was feeling the bumblebee. The bumblebee was there. I don't know. I don't. I wasn't feeling it as much as the Fraser Burn. I wasn't feeling it as much as the monochrome. That's later. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's third out of the three options in this. In in terms of I'm, what was presented, I mean, this is the one I actually ship out of these three options. But like, I was. I think it was the. The, the thing is, I'm. I'm like coming around to monochrome, and it's a problem. Like, it needs uh, to stop. yeah, that's a problem. Also, uh, I mean, none of them are actually problems, but obviously. Also, I do ship Ruby and Weiss, but like, no, you. I'm, it's the only one that you are allowed to canonly ship okay that's that's like blake and i have to ship blake with everyone yeah that's blake is my lynn i have to ship her with everyone because she's my child and i love her yeah basically blake is your lynn from cora yeah okay team juniper now um we have a scene well we go into the hallway first and then they're kind of there um apparently mercury they said they tell apparently they were told mercury and his team uh went back to haven um interesting yeah to be with or whatever yeah i guess they spread that somehow even though they were like not there uh ruby wants spirit to win the fight um it's what yang would want says weiss i think it's like she's, talk about yang, she's, like she's not dead. dead she's literally right there <laughs> and then um so blake and uh and then uh blake and weiss are like or weiss is like coffee and then blake's like uh tea and then so they're getting tea so great and oh, it looks like it looks like it's like with Ruby, but then she goes off on her own. So they're just having a they're Connor on their they're on their own having a date, right? So that's what's happening. I'm all about it. 
no, monogram is not real. But... Blake twice would literally like go on a date and just there would be no talking. No, yeah, there is <laughs> no, no, no talking. Yeah, it's it's not. No, you need you need Ruby with Weiss to to have conversation. That's that's how it works. I just it was definitely real in this. This was like the most canon monochrome we've gotten. I would say. Yeah. No, and it's awesome. I mean, also, you know, the entire end of season one, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, Nora needs to get Nora. We have to, like, oh, Nora's on the screen. We have to have Nora acting crazy. So she's like, mm-hmm. we need to get here in the shape. And Ren, we need Ren's on the screen. So we need to have Ren as an opposing dynamic. I do like Ren's please do nothing to the cook apron. Um, you know, I, that's a very Ren thing. Um, he makes this algae drink and then we have that entire thing. This is like the most proactive Ren has been in like doing something ever, <laughs> like pushing this like, algae drink. And he's like actually excited. Yeah. I just, I just do not care about Team Juniper like at all. Like there is zero care. I care about Team Juniper. Like I, I like Nora and Ren. I mean, I don't care about John that much, but I don't. I just, I don't care about Nora and Ren. Like I don't like. Uh, I don't know. I'm fine with these little scenes here and there, but I don't know. You know, whatever. Uh, Ren's, I've noticed Ren's voice is very on point here. Monty's brother voicing, voicing Ren now. I thought it was very accurate. Um, yeah, that scene was kind of worthless. <laughs> I'll say that. That's the thing is like, we haven't, we really like, we've been complaining. We're like, where's Team Ruby? This is, the show is called Ruby and where's Team Ruby? And then we have to have Juniper while this is going on. It's like, do you really? Ne- next scene though was, um, Yang with Crow. Uh, this is like our plotty scene, I guess. What do we think of this scene? I mean, I have questions plot-wise about how this makes any sense. But uh, other than that, what do you think the character dynamics presented? I mean, it's like, it's fine. I don't like, it just, it was so out of the blue. Like, I mean, it makes sense that Crow would come and like, see his niece and stuff. But like, what? I don't know, like, the entire interaction was just weird, and and we're bringing this back, and it's, I don't, like, I just feel like this, I don't, like, this plot line, like, this entire season just feels like we're grasping at any, like, plot thread we can, like, get in our hand, and we're just holding on to it really tightly, but there's, like, no, no end in sight. And like nothing goes together, and it's just I don't. It's a mess. The plot is very jarring and uh, messy right now. I agree. I th- think the scene. Like, is, I think the scene is natural, though. I think it makes sense that this happens. Well, like, this is fine. Yeah, I don't know. It just just we're intro- Like, well, this plot there was already introduced vaguely, and now this is like okay, this is going to happen. So then it's like, are is Yang going to go off on her own? Or is, I just. Everything that happens in this episode is very weird and jarring. Like, and it's not anything that's super surprising. It's just like, why is this happening now? It does seem weird. Why would you bring in Raven at this second? Like, it's a little like and I can, like, I understand like introducing like you can have a moment in a plot and be like, okay, I'm gonna drop this here, and it's not gonna make any sense right now, but it's gonna make a lot of sense like forever from now. But then we're already in the middle of like. A no urgent plot. There's weird things going on. Nothing makes sense. And then we drop this here, and it's like, why? Yeah. Or just yeah. I mean, I don't know. I was fine with the scene. I didn't think it was great. Um, neither of these characters are super strong right now, so whatever. So I just my problem with this episode is that it's 
we just like drop plot things and they're not really related to each other. They're just related to the overall like season. And that's what I, that's what I don't like about this episode. Just like, just drop, 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 drop. And like this episode just feels like, okay, the tournament's over for team Ruby. So now we're going to throw all this plot stuff together. And it just, I, don't I know. mean, there isn't actually that much plot stuff happening. It's all mostly just character dynamics, but well, but they're but they're dropping like they're dropping things like Pira is like clearly leaning towards like her decision, and then we have this, which clearly like this Raven thing is going to be part of the plot. It's like it's basically like a really forced foreshadowing episode for like different parts of the plot. Yeah, that's why I don't like it because it's like really forced. Yeah, I mean. I, I agree the plot stuff isn't coming together well right now, but I think that if you try if you look at this episode in isolation, I think things flow decently well between the scenes. Um I do agree it is a little bit hard to not get frustrated by the state of the plot, but whatever. Let's let's just let's focus on the scenes for now. Yang with Crow. Um Crow's like Yang, you're either lying or you're crazy. Um Crow's best line ever, and here I thought your dark haired friend was the emo one. Pretty great. Uh, this is our first email reference in uh in ruby is this a thing that exists too yeah would you would you describe blake as emo i mean yes hello (laughs) okay yes i see uh yang's like i saw my mom um when i came to a person attacking me was gone uh, and i thought i saw her okay so here's my big question and i feel like i'm missing something Did Yang not see Raven at the end of last season? Was that not a thing that happened? I, I mean, it. I guess, I guess it was really clear to us, but not to. Because what the season did was, uh, in episode like what eleven, they're on the train, and then this thing that Yang is talking about happened, and then at the end of episode twelve, Yang sees Raven, and this is just like not referenced at all in the scene, and I don't understand. I'm not I, sure if this is I'm not sure if this is supposed to be like a question in our minds. I assume it's supposed to be weird that like that like we don't know about this. Like that it's like so is is that scene from the future? Did Yang not remember that? Is Yang hiding it purposely? What's what's going on here? I don't even like I, <laughs> nothing I've, makes sense. I've been trying to find people talking about it, but <laughs> I have not seen an answer yet. Um oh okay, so finally i see a message on co about it um so yang quote from anonymous so yang meeting raven at the end of episode 12 was just a dream it meant that rt could not figure out what raven and yang were supposed to talk about (laughs) that's why yang did not mention it to crow (laughs) that was their interpretation okay so other people (laughs) led a response how can it be a dream if raven talked yang's brain can't create raven's voice because she doesn't know her voice wow what a coherent response good job co Um, so yeah people are talking about this now so why did she not mention to crow that she met raven outside a beacon that sounds way more important than telling him that she saw her at the train i I agree with this person they did say yang just had trust issues on this and was keeping stuff from people yeah okay so at least at least i finally saw the talking about it now so yeah this doesn't make any sense i mean keeping the information like well keeping the information for crow doesn't make any sense especially if crow's like just giving her all of this information I just not like I don't know. So the, this person I, says, if you if you just now figured out that the finale of episode twelve was a dream sequence, then I'm surprised you're even processing the info you were given in the last three episodes. <laughs> okay, you are. This is typical 
little um, bad-natured posting on CO. That was not yeah. obviously a dream sequence. What are you talking about? That was like presented like, as something that actually happens. Yeah, like are we just no... calling it a dream now? Is that what happened? Like, I mean, I'm I'm definitely one who like infers a lot, and I get irritated when you're like, no, but like that wasn't a dream scene. Like, there was nothing to suggest it was a dream sequence. There's two possibilities: either it was a dream or. Or it was something like from the future that they are presenting non-sequentially, which I doubt. Or Yang irritating as crap. It could be a dream. The the non-sequential thing I don't think is happening. It could be a dream. Or um, Yang is purposely hiding this from Crow, which I guess is also possible. Well, the only thing that makes sense narratively is like she's keeping it from Crow. But in this scene, that doesn't make a lot of sense because Crow is just giving her all this information. Like there is no. Granted, we also never know what we don't know what Crow knows. Like Crow is like this. Like he. Crow is just crow. Like you don't know what he's saying. We don't know if it's true. Like we don't know anything. Yeah. So like I mean, it's the only thing that makes sense narratively is that she's purposely keeping this. Like it being a dream sequence. Like that. How would knowing it's a dream sequence now help anything? Like that doesn't make any sense to do to the audience. It doesn't make sense narratively. Like what's it matter? I assume this is supposed to be ambiguous. That like, and we're supposed to be questioning it now. Like I highly doubt that. The intent of that end of the end of last season was like, oh, this is a dream. I highly doubt that, but I don't know. We could like, there's no like having a scene like that. Like the only like you have to know it's a dream sequence to like, like the character doesn't have to know, but the audience kind of needs to know at some point. And having it be like you don't have that, you never watch anything and be like, oh, that was a dream. Like six episodes down the line like that's not how it works like you might not find out until like the next episode like they they, they did that with bones like you would have a dream you're like oh it's they're they they're finally together yay but you, it turns out like half an hour later like it was a dream that's fine but like you can't do it six episodes later now that i think about it i feel like i'm remembering some discussion of this being a dream but i don't fully remember so i don't know uh we'll see what people say about that but <laughs> either way it seems not ended well i feel yeah, I'm, I'm remembering something about some discussion of that scene, but we'll see. So either way, let's discuss what actually happened in the episode. Um, Brandon, that's any that's anytime anything weird happens, everyone's like, it was a dream. Like, let's be real. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's that's a go-to, and it's never a dream, so. Yeah. Uh, Crow replies, that was your mom. She didn't say a word, did she? Um, I keep in touch with my sister, says Crow, confirming that Raven... They are, it's actually their own. Yeah, well, yeah, he's actually... Um, Yang's uncle, yeah, um, and Ruby's ankle in uh, ankle step ankle step uncle is that a thing? Step uncle, yeah. Um, people, I assume in the comments will be like, "We already knew that," and I'm telling you, no, we didn't. This was not something the show confirms, but now this yep. is something you can imply. As per usual, people are going to comment about stuff that it's like, "Is this is true?" And I'm like, "No, this is just your speculation. That doesn't mean it was true." the show didn't say it this is a good example of that but now it's confirmed so now you can say it's true. <laughs> now you can say it's true um that it's kind of a meaningless revelation i think basically yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter um she didn't say a word did she yeah we already talked about this um she wanted to give uh you a message saved you once but you shouldn't expect that kindness again so it also seems like raven is not <laughs> not referencing that scene being real right <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. so all indications point towards that scene not existing in the scene. Um, Raven has an interesting way of looking at the world, but it's dangerous, says Crow. Um, Yang should uh, move on, um, but Raven slips some info and Yang could track her down. 
interesting. I guess. I know. I mean, it's hard to be interested about something that we know literally nothing about. I mean, Raven's an interesting person in theories, but like, like that's the thing. That's like we don't we know nothing about her. I think that this episode gives the impression. Last episode, we were like, okay, Raven could be the big bad, but I think this episode contradicts that. This and this kind of indicates that Raven is kind of like a free agent yeah. vigilante kind Crow, of. Crow like, certainly would be hugely surprised if Raven was the big bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because they talk. So. Like this just kind of sounds like Raven has some sort of maybe twisted view of the world. I mean, don't expect that kindness again. You say to your daughter, a little weird. But. Mm, yeah, I think this is um to your. It'll be interesting. To uh, niece, yeah, I think this is uh, Raven. Yeah, so I think we can cross uh, Raven off the list of bad for uh, of uh, Cinder partner candidates. Yeah. Uh, so now we have the Arco scene with Pierre and John. Um, yeah, some interesting. I mean, not neither neither of us particularly care about this character dynamic or the pairing, but. Um, I think is I guess they're at least trying to do some narratively interesting things in the scene. Yeah. Um. My pr- my first reaction to this to the scene was that, like, wow, this is, um, unfair and dumb. <laughs> like, that. Uh, I guess it's like I understand why John would say that, but like I feel like this contrived um narrative angst based off of a already contrived narrative plot point. Um, like but, it, yeah, but just, but then rewatching it, it's like it's kind of elegantly handled a little bit. Like at least they're this is like this is like the most competent they can really be with this type of stuff. I think like this. I mean, it's I mean, it's just I don't know. Like it's re- for me, it's really irritating because at the end, it's like all about Jean. Like and it's for Jean, it's just going to be all about like how he handled it. And it's not like it just and it, it's not his fault. He doesn't know, but that it just it's so irritating. Like. That's like a legitimate thing, a legitimate criticism, saying that the scene turns it into what could I have said, John's point of view, right? Like yeah, this, and it's just, that's that's a huge criticism of Miles and um, Carrie's that they make things from the male character's perspective whenever possible, and they do this with John a lot. But that being said, it so is it is only a little bit at the end. Um, yeah, I it's like. Pira could have just told John, but I guess not really. She had to phrase it in a specific way to get that reaction from him. Um, I was really afraid, though, that it was going to, like, I was like, please, Pira, do not make it sound like it's about, like, whatever dumb romance this is about to be. Because I was afraid that's what was going to happen. Like, she was going to phrase it, and then he was going to be like, oh, I'm glad that didn't happen, at least. It's also, this is also just very sad. (laughs) Like, this scene as a lead up to Pira dying is very sad. (laughs) Yeah, no, yep. Pretty much. So let's talk. Let's talk. So we have the uh, John's to Pierre. You're the first person to ever believe in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah we know. Um, Hand holding. Um, how can I help? Head on shoulder. He literally drops the cotton candy. Like flips. Oh out. really? I didn't even. <laughs> I did not keep track like, of it. Like there's a big gasp and she drops the cotton candy. And I'm like, was that necessary? It was necessary. This is a big deal. <laughs> uh. You're already doing it. I don't know what to do. Paradis says, Destiny. When I think of destiny, I don't think of a predetermined fate you can't escape. Rather, some sort of final goal, something you work towards your entire life, which I feel like is not the definition of destiny. But that's okay. That's like a goal. Pira can believe whatever she wants. I guess she can define words differently. That's fine. Um, 
fulfill destiny in an instant but at the cost of who you are um i've always i like how this is handled she like says that and then she says i always felt as i was destined to become a huntress to protect the world i kind of think this was narratively interestingly done to like present that and then present how it relates to the like the problem um but i and i think it makes sense too how she's phrasing this but i don't know if i can do uh can do it john says never back down from a challenge can't let anything stand in your way and then pure like throws him against the wall um so yeah it's just really sad well i think it's it's really like i'm glad that they did this because like just based on who pure is and what we got like with the whole mess of it you'd be like okay pure is gonna sacrifice herself because it's pure but we actually, I'm really glad we have this, like, actual, like, character struggle for Pyrrha because it's, like, it, it like, I don't know. Like, yeah. it fleshes her out a little bit more. Like, yeah. it makes it a little bit more human and, like, real than just. I agree. Yeah. I I think that um the scene feels very un unfair. Like, I feel like this to, to Pyrrha. And it's like, okay, Pyrrha has to do this, and it's just sprung on her. And it's like, I think the scene is supposed to be sad, but I also think that it's unintentionally frustrating um, if you're, like, a Pyrrha fan. Um, yeah, I think it's, well, it's just because, I mean, it really wouldn't have mattered who it was. It's just, like, extra irritating because it's John. And, and it's not just because I hate him. It's because his entire character is about, like, his crippling self-doubt. Yeah. And, and then, so he automatically has to go to what did I do? It's my fault, blah, blah, blah. And it's like that no one cares. Like this is, no, this is nothing to do with you. And it's just so frustrating. Like, but ignoring and, John. And a, yeah, I agree. It's frustrating. Yeah. John is a, John is a frustrating. Granted, there was really no way to have this scene and it not be, um, like pointless for Pira and to interact with someone else because like, she can't tell anyone else. Like she can't explain to anyone else, and like no one else knows. So it's not like no one on her team, no one on Team Ruby. Like nobody knows. They can't. And so this scene was always going to play out this way. It's just extra unfair because it's specifically Jean and not like, how his character is and how he does things. Yeah, it's 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 inevitable what Jean in the scene because he's so badly handled before. Um, so yeah, very sad. This, as a prelude to Pierre dying, very sad. However, however, as a prelude to potentially um, Pira merging with uh, Amber, like, and then they inhabit the same body, then uh, you think about the potential uh, shipping angst that will follow <laughs> with, um, is it Pira in control or is it Amber in control? And how is that going to function with them and John, right? I could see them, yep. I could see them doing this. I agree. Pyrrha is still probably dying, though. Yeah, I I feel like feel, Pyrrha is dead. I'm a little skeptical. I don't know. Uh, just Granted, her her character archetype. You kind of build up to kill. Build up to kill. That's rude. You do like it's she like for example, her and Danny Lawrence very similar characters, and that's kind of like characters like these who are like so noble and brave and that kind of like you and when, yeah, and when they I mean, I think kind it's... of don't have other flaws they're built up to kill like that yeah. like their ultimate is self-sacrifice i yeah i think i i, I agree with the lack of flaw thing i think this character is different because she has her own uh romance thing going on and kind of her own plot and i think it's a little bit of a different dynamic um 
So I'm a little yeah, I'm a little skeptical that they would just eliminate this Arcos thing that they've been trying to do for a while. <laughs> because they seem to care about it, <laughs> even though I don't. Uh, I just I don't know. Granted, also the way like I just feel like they also like as much as we all ship and like how much like we this we detest this in particular, they don't really put like a super amount of effort into shipping, like into having like romance arcs. Like they don't really put like a super amount of effort. So I don't know. I feel like it could I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Uh next scene, Ruby and Velvet. Velvet's back. Um I knew you were gonna flip out. I mean, I like Velvet, but she's also like the worst character in the show, clear, very clearly. Uh just everything that she says is super awkward and inconsequential. So she's taking pictures of Sun, apparently. Uh why? I don't know. Is this a thing? Velvet and Sun? Um as long as he's away from Blake, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, that's, that's true. Working on my photography, apparently that was a thing with Velvet. I don't know. And uh, talking in her... Glad that we have really great vintage cameras in this super high-tech society. Yeah, that makes sense. Don't worry. Um, Velvet's like, that. they don't know what it's like on the battlefield. Uh, I, okay, so this I really like. This is like actually the first clever thing <laughs> narratively that they've done in like forever. And I mean, I liked their narrative stuff last episode, but... Um, Velvet's like uh, they don't know what it's like on the battlefield. Happened to Coco can happen to anyone, and then they reference the uh, illusion thing with the Coco fight um, Great. that happened a while ago, which did not make any sense at the time. <laughs> and I was like, it wasn't an illusion, uh, but it was apparently. Um, but n- I was right. Yeah, you sure. were right. Yeah, but the sh- it, mm-hmm. the point is that it was not well presented then, but like here, yeah. they kind of not really naturally weaved it in, and I feel like this was super realistic and made a lot of sense. And I also like no. Sleuth Ruby. Like I really like that. Like Ruby piece. No, I'm all about what happened. Sleuth. Yeah. So I'm I'm a big fan of uh, ha- kind of the end of this episode, and like that's a big reason why I think it's good overall. Um, I will say they're playing off Yang's like thing very like with they don't know what it's like on the battlefield which from like a real world perspective that is a very like good thing to present but like in terms of like this show and like narratively it's kind of like okay it's like okay like there well like when we were we've already talked a little bit about is how like it's we completely like there was all that shock and then now it doesn't matter yeah but whatever. I just I, I, I think I, it one like I, I would like at some point that even if it's like literally like half a second of like people booing Yang or something. Just still reinforce I, it, yeah. Yeah, even though that hurts my soul because I love Yang. But like we need to have that because it's like it's, I don't care. Like it doesn't matter if like I don't know, like yeah. there need I want some actual consequences aside from like them being disqualified. Yeah. We'll see. Ruby's we'll going to have straws because she's literally about to get into a fight with Mercury. And, like, who knows how that's going to turn out? Yeah. So we'll talk, let's talk end. about that. Yeah. So, um, oh, and then she takes, Velvet takes a pick of uh, Ruby. So I don't know what their ship name is, but that's happening. Right. That's, that's totally happening. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. Ruby goes um, to watch the fight and then sees Emerald. Um, all Ruby's watching the fight on her own and not going with her girlfriend Weiss. Why not? I don't understand. Well, it's because Weiss and it's because Monochrome was happening. No, I reject. Thoughts. I reject this happens. I don't even. I don't even remember it happened anymore. Ruby obviously was there with Weiss, and then Weiss just left to do something else after they watched the fight together. That's what happened. Mm, monochrome is happening somewhere. <laughs> nope, in the corner, nope, nope, I'm sorry. nope. Well, they did say they said they were tired of Weiss and Blake. Both said they were tired of fights. So I think like it, this makes sense that Ruby's on her own. <sighs> 
Okay. Also, so, we have to put Ruby in danger to like, give myself heart palpitations, apparently. Yeah, that's how it works. You see Zambril, then she goes into some random hallway, and Mercury is there. Um, they announce the fight is going to be Penny versus The music Vera. in this entire sequence is incredible, by the way. Yeah, I agree. As as per usual, music, the consistent good thing about the season. And then Mercury's like, polarity versus metal. That could be bad. <laughs> so there's a lot in this scene. Okay, first of all. Uh, the fight is going to be Penny versus Beer, which is like one of the most desired fights, like two of our best characters. So most, most best, two of our most competent fighting characters is what I mean. I assume Penny would win that if she went full force, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, so I, the next thing is that Mercury's in the hallway, despite Cinder telling him to stay out of sight. So Mercury's derping it up. So congrats, Mercury. You're dumb. <laughs> That's what happened. You had one. You literally had one job. Yeah, and we weren't one supposed job. to see you again because you're a bad character. But now apparently you're you're here. Unless Emerald was like, oh no, because they kind of like stared at each other from across the arena very weirdly. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if Emerald was in on Mercury being there or not, but Cinder certainly wouldn't have approved of that. Cinder is somewhere like screaming in frustration. Yeah. Um, polarity versus metal. Why is why is Pyrrha polarity? Is that her thing? Is that her semblance? I guess right. I thought it was the opposite because Pyrrha, uh, because Penny can do like um she's can do like magnet stuff. Why is Pyrrha metal then? Because literally she is all metal. What? Like, like her armor? She fights with a sword and a shield and okay. her armor. I don't know. If, okay. That's how I took it. I guess it's I going for that. I can't see Pyrrha winning this fight. Maybe that's what it's going for? I don't know. Either way. Um, I don't know. The thing, Mercury's... Is, the, the thing that's irritating is this can go either way. So, like, who knows? And then Mercury's going to, like, attack Ruby and Ruby doesn't have her thing on her. So, that's bad. Um, for as much as we focus on Pyrrha and, like, fighting and, like, her abilities, we don't know her semblance. People are going to be in the comments. Don't say that. People in the comments can be like, we know prepare semblance. It's this. <laughs> so don't say that. Anyway, um, Ruby. So well, my question is like, why doesn't Ruby just like run back out the door <laughs> and into the public arena and then Mercury wouldn't be able to follow her? Because that would make sense. <laughs> so I guess what Mercury is going to capture because Ruby. Ruby's mad. I don't know. What's like, what's she going to do? People. So the one thing I've seen is that um, there's this theory. I, we mentioned like basically every theory last week, except for this one, which is that Ruby and not the rest of team Ruby, but only Ruby is one of the maidens and is like the summer maiden. And this, and I saw one of the same people who supports that this time saying, okay, now this is the time when Ruby awakens her summer maiden powers when she's like, doesn't have her weapon and is being attacked. Well, like that's not how the maidens work, right? We don't know how they work, so maybe that's, that's good. To, maybe Ruby secretly know. that after her mom was one of them. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That'd how... be really hard for me to buy into. I mean, I'd be fine with Ruby doing cool stuff, but like, well, I'm fine with Ruby doing cool. I don't know. Like, uh, mm... I'm I'm not sure. What do you think the result of this is going to be? That's like one far fetched option. Like, like Ruby well, gets captured. Is, like... is that an option? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. Like. So, I mean, theoretically, Ruby could win the fight. It's very, I don't think it's super likely. But I would love for her to win the fight. On. That's the but thing. Like, Ruby yeah. can still fight, though. I don't think I don't, so. I don't think she could. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, like, the thing is, like, 
I don't even know why this outcome would matter unless they capture her. But then why do they care? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what they're going for here. I mean, Ruby obviously knows too much at this point, but they don't really know that Ruby knows too much unless they're communicating. Yeah. And then the only thing I can think of is that, like, it's just, I like, who, and if, if Ruby gets away or whatever she does, and, like, who's going to believe her? Like, none of this makes sense. Like, no, I don't understand how this fight at all, like, does anything. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this, this plays out plot-wise. Um, I guess next episode, we have Penny versus Piero. We have whatever the resolution of this is. And then... And why does Mercury decide they need to fight? Yeah, I don't know. This seems not good you for could have just walked off. Unless, unless Emerald told Mercury, okay, you need to ambush Ruby because she knows too much. That's the only thing that would make sense. But there wasn't time for that. I, I thought of that. It just... What? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see next episode. All I know is Ruby's in trouble, and that's bad. So we yep. we have to protect Ruby at all costs, obviously. Also, Ruby, why are you walking around without your weapon? Like, honey, get your life together, please. Honey, unless she got it got stolen from her by... But no, but no one else was there, right? Emerald was on the other side. Oh, she just... Whatever weird reason doesn't have her weapon on her. Like, I don't know. What the heck? Okay. Um, other things... I feel like we covered everything. Um, predictions here. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows what they're going to do. They could do anything with the with the plot now. Like, I feel like they're accelerating the plot, but the thing is, like, we don't know what's supposed to happen anyway, so, like, it's not going to make sense for a really long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's four episodes left, and in theory, next, something will happen next episode. Um, obviously, Pierre has to make a decision, and then she has to... They have to do the thing, the consciousness transfer, and who knows if that'll work. And yeah, the bad guys have to implement their big plan. Whatever, Which we don't like, know what, what do they know want? What it is. <laughs> so let's let's get let's get a move on. Let's 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 go. Let's go to make this make sense. Okay. Like, it doesn't even feel like I don't like. Is there continuity this season? I don't know. Con- I don't know. There's attempted on. continuity. Attempted. That's the thing. It doesn't succeed. That's the problem. I do think this was good overall. You're less eye on it. Um, but you know. It's again, I, it's me trying to view this in isolation. I think this is again frustrating if you look at it from a season long perspective. Well, I think I just didn't care about anything that happened in this episode. Yeah, I do think. Yeah, so, like, I mean, it's just it's just differences on what we, what are what we care about. Like, I care about Team Juniper slightly more, although not that much, honestly. Um, I like the Ruby stuff at the end. The Pierre and John. Like, I did like I think Ruby I, at the see, end. That's the thing. Like, the Pierre and John, which I usually don't care about, like I think it was a pretty successful scene. Like I think that's the most successful scene narratively. So I don't know, and the velvet, the ruby and velvet one. <laughs> like they do, they do interesting things, and like they're moving the plot, and like they they had good moments. I just, I just didn't care. Hashtag I just didn't care. Yep. So yep. we'll see what happens next time. Hashtag I just. Wikipedia has it listed as four more episodes. There's a break on the 23rd. I'm not sure where they're getting that information from, but it does seem like, I think they said it would end on the 13th and there's only four more. So there has to be one break left, but other than that, every week. So, uh, yeah, that's it for destiny. Let us know what you thought. YouTube comments, um, comments on the website, Tumblr asks stuff like that. Um, interested to see how they handle the rest of the season, even though it's been kind of a big mess, um still still excited it's still ruby you know i'm still nice and that's plenty still well you can find out more about this podcast at overlyanimated.com 
you can support us at patreon.com slash overly animated thanks to our current patrons uh Shana, Mitch Cordell, Beatrice, Nate, Andy, Jamie, and Rachel, aka Haina, Fever, Mitch Cordell, University, Beatrice, James, Buzzick, your mailman, and Rachel Rose. Um, last thoughts on this episode or next episode? Hashtag protect Ruby 2K16. Yes. I mean, this episode was meh. I am excited for, no, I just, something's happening next time, and I'm excited. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens next week. Um, and, and yeah, I don't know. Still, Still, still excited. Um, I, I have hope that they will resolve this plot in a somewhat coherent way. <laughs> well, in maybe, a satisfying in way. A satisfying way. Maybe that's unfounded, but we'll see. Okay. You good? Yep. Yep. Okay. Thanks yep. for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.